Welcome to the Sunday podcast with myself, Barry Worthington, and guests in the studio today are Simon Gregory, and from Jill's in the Blood, we have Matt Boosie, though that is pre-recorded. So, happy Sunday, Si. Happy Sunday, Barry. How was your uh, camping expedition last night? Oh, <laughs> it was uh, quite the ordeal, quite the ordeal. I was absolutely freezing. Uh, for those who don't know, it was the brick, big back garden sleep uh, to raise money and awareness for the uh, for the brick in Wigan, the food bank and homeless uh, projects that they do. Uh, it was a rough night. It was very cold, and I'll all be hands up. I cracked about ten past three <laughs> this morning. I had to come in. I thought I was catching pneumonia. Well, good effort to you and and to everyone else who took part in it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to do a big shop this week for the bricks, so I'm going to, that's that's got to be my contribution. I'm going to take them uh, some stuff down to the food bank, so that's that's going to be my contribution. My missus is going to put thirty quid in, I believe, into into the bricks fund, so uh, they'll have a double whammy from the Worthington household this week. Excellent, and I'm uh, I'm going to get some stuff in as well. Um, I know we've done it a couple of times, haven't we, over the years? Uh, it's, a, it's quite a worthwhile causes the brick and uh when you think 2021 really it isn't something we should be needing to do but unfortunately we do and it's good it's a good worthy cost to support so quite pleased with that right we'll start off uh, with looking back on the it's which town game paul cook derby as it was known in some quarters latics nil Ipswich town nil the stats were very even right across the board from possessions through to shots on target. We just edged the yellow cards with three. The Requa, Lang and Asgard. There was a massive surprise before the game. Viv Solomon Ottobar making the starting lineup after we'd been informed he was out for the season. Nice one, Liam. Uh, but there was also disappointment in Wooten being out for the season, we found out since. So, Sai, what did you make of the game, chances-wise? If you'd said to me before the game... No, no. Well, we talked before the game. You know, we, we both said we'd take a take a point. I, I've been very happy with that. After watching the game yesterday, Ipswich were very much there for the taking. Uh, we're just uh, made to rue missed opportunities. Really, no cl- clinical cutting edge in front of goal, which has ultimately cost us, hasn't it? Yeah. Do you not think we cancelled each other out slightly? Perhaps with the two gaffers knowing each other so well. Yeah, I think it, it was hard for them to get one up on each other, uh, really, because, the, like you say, they do know each other. Similar tacticians. Obviously, Liam will have worked, well, has worked under Cook, knows the way that he's going to play. And he's almost got to do something different, hasn't he, to break down Paul Cook rather than playing the way that he's been used to. I thought Cookie did things a little bit differently. He actually made a substitution before the, the hour mark, which he, he never seemed to do with us, did he? He was always on the hour mark. Yeah, you know, there's a surprise exclusion, really, of uh, Cole Skusk as well. I, think, I believe, I thought he was club captain uh, yesterday. Well, he's club captain, I think. A uh, player that I thought would have started because he's um, a de- decent player. But there wasn't really much from them in the offing, was there? Norwood looked half decent, but nothing really there to, to scare us. I thought Jamie Jones... You know, he got his 100th clean sheet yesterday. He was very good. Yeah, Jones was um, oozing with confidence in that box, weren't he? And he, he was collecting the balls coming in. And it, I, I agree. I thought he, he did really well. What about the foul on uh, Callum Lang late in the game? Or shall we say the challenge, which wasn't given as a foul? Well, the, you know, they have been given. Um, you look back at it, you know, we were fortunate to, 
to see a replay and I'm surprised nothing was given for it really because you'd feel if it was earlier on in the game perhaps it might have been given as a, a penalty maybe a, uh, a red card you, you never know do you just unfortunate when 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 your luck's not going for you, it's really not going for you. Another day, another referee maybe would have got that decision. Same referee, I think, because he was uh, he was giving free kicks for, shall we say, less aggressive challenges uh, throughout the game, especially on uh, Ipswich players who seem to be, you know, hitting the deck quite easily. Well, I I looked at that five times, and the defender clearly has his his forearm in. Callum's neck and his hand in the middle of Callum's back and he flies into him. It's a free kick all day long. Is it in the box or not? It's it's sort of very close. It'd be debatable. I think the referee probably thought it was and he's bottled it. And like you say, Si, a red card, he was the last man. Yeah, it's very, it's very unfortunate. I, I must admit, Barry, I was very disappointed with Ipswich and after listening to Benjamin Bloom the other day, is it is it the players that aren't cutting the mustard? Because it's it's two managers now this season, and they seem to really have started to falter, haven't they, in the league? Yeah, I, I don't think they're, they're a Paul Cook type of player in, in that side at all. You like likes his high energy, don't he? And we know what type of a player Cooky likes. With what you've said about Ipswich and how we saw them yesterday. Does it fill you with confidence for the remaining games when you look at the play? Rochdale, Northampton, Wimbledon twice, Swindon and Burton. (laughs) It does for the simple fact they've got Paul Cook and obviously he won't want to see... Footballers want to win every game regardless of of who they are. I know Cook will have that extra edge because he knows we shouldn't be in this league. To be fair, Paul Cook shouldn't be managing in this league. So he will do his utmost... To get to get those wins and they'll win every single one of those games. Well, fingers crossed. I hope so. I hope they go on an absolute flyer between now and and the middle of May. I hope they do. They actually play Swindon the week before Swindon come to the DW for the last game of the season. So if they can give them a good tonking in that game for us, that'd uh, it's it, it'd get us up for it. Once it up for the battle, absolutely. Let's move on uh, with it. A big game on Wednesday with the only team in the bottom six that's playing midweek. So it gives us a chance to to do something, fingers crossed. We've got Gillingham away. Uh, never an easy place to go to the Priestfield. It's not a place that we uh, historically do well at. The referee for the game is Chris Surginson. He's from Staffordshire. He's got a look of Ian Islop about him. He's... A uh, referee who doesn't stand any mischief. Now, with Steve Evans in charge of Gillingham, that might just be a good thing. He's refed us three times previously, 2018, 2017 and 2016. Uh, and in those games, respectively, we play, uh, we do a, a nil-nil with Rotherham. We lost away at Peterborough 3-2 and we drew one all away at Scunthorpe. So far this Season Chris Sergeantson's card watches 28 games, 69 yellows, three reds, and he's awarded six penalties. Chris Sergeantson, the guy in charge on Wednesday evening. I managed, I managed to speak with Matt Boosie from Jills in the Blood this morning, and uh, we did a recorded interview with him. I think we'll have a listen to what he says now and uh, you know, maybe pass some comments on how he thought th- thinks Sounds things good. were going to go. Matt Boosie, Jills in the Blood. 
Name's Matt. I run the Jewels in the Blood TV YouTube channel. Yeah, recent form's decent. Um, over the last eight, we've only lost the once. That was at Fleetwood. We've won four in that time. We've beaten MK Dons, beaten Ipswich, won away at Swindon. Absolutely battered Lincoln in their own backyard a week or so back. Drawn the last two, which was a little bit frustrating in the sense that we were 2-0 up at home to Doncaster last Saturday after four minutes. We'd held on for that one. We'd be in the playoffs or at least level on points. Yesterday against uh, Hull City, the league leaders, it's a really good draw. I mean, we've rode our luck a few times. That's understandable. Lots of teams will when they go to the KCON because Hull City are a very good side at the end of the day and that's why they sit top of League One. We, we gave ourselves a chance. We stayed in the game. We chucked our bodies in front of everything and uh, the big let-off, I think, was midway through the second half when their centre-halves managed to head it against the bar from literally a yard out and we got away with it and within five minutes we were level. So I said it was a deserved point. I think most Hull fans will say they probably deserve to win it most on the, the chances they've missed, but... You don't stick it in the back of the net, you don't win. And, and at the end of the day, we got one and they got one. And based on our endeavour, with and without the ball, I think it was a well-deserved point. Steve Evans, how do we put it to be polite in case there's youngsters listening? I think he's a Marmite figure, isn't he? I think that's probably the most polite way of putting it. You called him charismatic before we come on here. I thought that was polite as well. Steve Evans does what Steve Evans has done for the last 10, 15 years, pretty much. And he's had success doing it that way, the same as Paul Rayner, his assistant. I didn't want Steve Evans to come and be our manager when it was first announced a couple of summers ago. Not just because of all the extracurricular stuff we'll call it but purely because I thought there were younger managers out there at the time I thought Paul Hurst was available Daryl Clark was available they dropped into League Two and have hardly pulled up trees so in that sense I think it was brave from our chairman Paul Scally he went well away from what he was used to doing and that was employing ex-players club legends and took us out of our comfort zone I said at the time although I didn't think it was a great appointment in terms of Steve Aaron's the character what you've read in the press I just wanted us to be harder to beat to be better and to win more football matches. And over two years, he's done all of them. So I can't argue with it. And I'm big enough to sit here and say that he's won me round. I don't buy into all this, oh, he gets booked and he shouts. What manager doesn't do that? I'd much rather have that on the touchline than someone stood there and slumped in his pockets or arms folded, shoulders sagging and not looking like they give a toss, to be quite honest. He's there, he's shouting, he's, he's contesting every decision. He probably does go over the top from time to time or a little bit more regularly than that if you ask opposition fans. But... But what he does is he shows a will to win. And I think that then filters through to the players on the pitch. And he creates a siege mentality and he creates a, an underdog mentality, which I then think leads to the, the boys on the park having to think we've got to work a bit harder to achieve stuff. He constantly talks about budgets and how we've got the lowest in the league, which I don't think is entirely true. We're certainly in the lowest third in the league, I'd imagine. Uh, and we don't have, you know, hundreds of thousands to spend. But what it does is it creates a persona and it creates a way that we want to play and it's us against the world. And at the moment, it's working. And the thing that makes me laugh is that no one cared about what we were supposedly spending or not spending back in the winter when we were halfway down the league and in the bottom half. But now all of a sudden, it's a huge issue for opposition managers and fan bases because little old Gillingham are doing all right and uh, competing with those teams that should be beating us. That, But it's, it's League One for a reason. And the Hulls and the Sunderlands and the Portsmouths and the Ipswiches, they're all down here in this league slumming it with little Gillingham for a reason because you've either been mismanaged on and off the pitch or you've just simply not been good enough on the pitch. And it's music to my ears, I won't lie. I find it hilarious when fans of opposition clubs say we play the wrong way. I don't think there's any wrong way to play. You play to a way that suits your strengths. And yes, we're direct and we know that and we get it into our front too quickly. But then when we do get into the final third, we've, we've got some good players. Carl Dempsey's, Oliver Lees, Jordan Grahams. They're all good players that get it on the deck and are technically very good. It works for us at the end of the day. And that's why we're sitting here with eight, nine games to go, still with enough a chance of, of gate crashing the top six.
I'm still cautious rather than overly optimistic, I think is probably the way. I think I said to you before we came on here, it's still a possibility rather than a probability for me. We've still got points to make up and we've still played extra than plenty around us, including Blackpool, Doncaster, that are the last two spaces in that playoff zone at the moment. They've only played, I think, 35. So, But Doncaster are not playing well. Lincoln are not playing well. So there's maybe two places up for grabs. We've got Blackpool Easter Monday, so that's going to be huge. But we've got to worry about you lot first. If we don't beat you, then it, it negates what we did at the weekend against Hull. So, And that's no disrespect to us. We'll probably go into it as favourites based on where we are in the table and where you are. But we're still going to have to turn up. We're still going to have to work hard from the first whistle and do everything correctly. It's not a case of thinking, oh, we've gone to Hull and drawn. We're going to just going to turn up and roll over and let us nick the points because that won't be the case because you're fighting for your lives. And aside from this 90 minutes on Wednesday, I hope you stay up. I really do. I still think we'll probably just miss out with my unbiased hat on. It'd be great if we could do it. Don't get me wrong. And there's still a chance, but... The next three are massive for me. I think we probably need a minimum of seven points from our next three, which is Wigan at home, Blackpool away and Shrewsbury at home. I think if Blackpool beat us at Bloomfield Road on Easter Monday, then it's done because they're going to be maybe four points clear with a couple of games in hand at least. So it's it's still an outside chance for me. But the fact that we're sat here with eight games to play and talking about Gillingham and the top six is, is, is massively refreshing after the couple of seasons we'd had pre-Steve Evans. We probably are where we are and where we should be at the moment, and that's a mid-table League One side. We've spent five years out of 126 outside of the bottom two divisions. So, but I won't talk about the Wigan game too much. I promised I wouldn't. You did ask me as long as I said as long as you didn't talk about the game in January 2016 when we were tuning up at your place and you went on a 20-game unbeaten run. I think I won the league and and the wheels fell off completely for us. So we'll call it one all. John Akindi always catches my eye, no matter where he's at. I mean, he was at Bristol Rovers, weren't he? Scored, scored against Bristol Rovers for you as well, didn't he, this season? Yeah, he got a double in the home game. Mm. Yeah, he scored twice in that game and missed a penalty for a hat-trick, unfortunately, with one of the worst penalties I've seen in a long time. But um, such is the way he takes penalties. He's quite casual. I think he's one of them that if he clips it down the middle, unfortunately, the keeper didn't really move that day and pretty much caught it. But he's, he's been decent the last three months. He struggled when he first arrived. He got one goal end of last season before it was all curtailed early because of COVID. And he couldn't get in the side at the start of the season. We were playing predominantly a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1 or whatever you want to label it at the start of the season with two wide attackers. And Vidane Oliver was 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 main man up, up front. And um, I don't think John had scored until mid-November when he came on and got the winner at Crewe. But over the last three months, he's played a huge part. And he's up to, he's got eight, uh, seven goals now and he's got nine assists by my um, calculations if you include winning penalties so he's having a positive impact is John and he's, he's always been a decent player at this level he's never been prolific I think he's always been around one in three one in three and a half in the conference the blue square premier or whatever it was called back then league two league one but but he does a job and he does a job like Dane Oliver but um, we've played 4-4-2 the last couple of games and they've both started so in that sense, you know what you're going to get Wednesday night and we make no secret about it. We'll be trying to hit them too early and then we'll go from there and, and try and get people running in behind off of flick-ons and link play and uh, yeah, make for a very interesting game, I think. But yeah, John Akindi's impressed me since, especially since probably the middle of December when he got two against Rochdale um, and then he, he went on a decent run and the form's picked up and that's no coincidence. John's played a huge part in that along with plenty of others. Uh, I'm going to back Jules to win purely on the form at the moment. I think, like I said earlier, 
I'd love Wigan to stay up. I think it'd be great if they can stay in this division and take over imminent and then start again. The main thing, obviously, is for you guys to have a football team to watch next season, regardless of division. But it'd be great if you could stay in this division. We've had a couple of run-ins with a couple of clubs that are in that relegation zone this season who I'd quite like to see go down now purely because of that. But, you know, that's, that might be a bit petty, but that's football, isn't it? But no, I just think it'd be for, for everyone, it'd be a romantic type of story. You've got an inexperienced manager who's coming and he's doing a great job in really impossible circumstances. And the team that you put out Wednesday will probably be completely different to the one that started in September and we talk of player turnover at this level but for you you take it to a new level and that's through no fault of your own but just looking at your form you've not won in three but you did pick up a decent win on the road against Plymouth that was your last win but you drew with Ipswich at the weekend that's no poor result against a side that, that's still got you know aspirations of the playoffs themselves but my head says that Gillingham will probably have too much we're playing very well and we're competing with teams that are right at the top end so Based on that, we should have enough to see off Wigan, but only if we do everything right. Like I say, if we turn up and think that we're going to get three points, then it won't happen. We're going to have to earn the right to win that game. But we've been pretty prolific recently. Um, I think there's three or four occasions we've scored three in a game in recent weeks. So I'm going to say a final score of 3-1 to Gillingham. Quite confident they're going to do us. They're the farm team, the mid-table pushing for the playoffs. We've got two informed strikers. And he's gone for a 3-1. Well, Barry, it's it's true. They've lost once in March. That was away at Fleetwood on Tuesday the 9th of March. They've had some cracking results. They've scored goals. Um, I think there's only two games where they've... Uh, well, three games where they've not scored three goals. Uh, they beat Milton Keynes-Dons 3-2. We know that you know, we, we put three past them, but Ipswich 3-1. Away at Swindon 3-1, Lincoln away 3-0. And we know how well Lincoln have been have been doing. And then two draws against Doncaster and Hull. Uh, they are in uh, a great, great run of uh, run of form. Probably the wrong time to be playing them because them themselves will be after a, a playoff spot as well, because they're only three points off the playoffs. Yeah, and after they've played us, they've got Blackpool who uh, occupy one of those playoff spots. And if they win there, they can go above them. So obviously it's everything to play for from them. They're not go- it's not going to be an easy an easy game for us by any stretch of the imagination. 37 meetings down the year, Si, were 15 wins apiece, seven draws. But the, the last time we won away at the Priestfield came back in April 2004 when we beat them 3-0 with goals from Ellington, Roberts... And man, I mean, what would we give to have them three playing? Oh, absolutely anything. You know, absolute greats um, of the Latics, aren't they? And good times, if you think back to that time, really on a crest of a wave, weren't we pushing towards the, the Premier League dream? I must admit, I, I, I've been to Priestfield. It's it's one hell of a journey. Um, and it didn't reap the rewards. I think it's one of those places in it, you go down there and it's, it's a difficult place to go. Difficult place to get points. I think a lot of it is down to the travel. It's we, on our day we can beat anyone. We're we're not in sparkling form ourselves, but we're not in dire form. Who knows what can happen? We could have another Bristol Rovers kind of results. I feel the the lads are playing with passion. We know that after speaking to you know Luke and um, George last week. You, you can see the passions running through them. They're seeing them as all cup finals and there's nothing more so than this one coming up against Gillingham. Hopefully we can just knock them off their stride and really take take a step forward. 
going into the Easter weekend. Yeah, it, 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 it'll be uh, a game of con- contrasting styles as well. I mean, listening to what Matt says about Steve Evans, where he's got the siege mentality, he's, he's, he's drummed into his players the phys- physicality you know, of the game. They, they lump it up to the big men up top and, and you know, they, they look for layoffs. Uh, Oliver has, has bagged 15 goals for them. And John Akindi, who I always, every time I see him play, whoever it's for, I mean, he's played down the years in, in the lower leagues. And he's always looks an, an handful. You know, they're going to be very physical up against... Uh, but we've got the players, out not we, in Tilt and Johnston to, to handle that. So let's hope we can stand up to it and, prop, and the possible intimidation that's going to be coming our way. And we know ourselves in Callum Wang, we've got a match winner. I think he makes for an, an interesting game. If I was a neutral, obviously I'd, I'd pick Gillingham to win, but I'm not a neutral. I think his 3-1 forecast, uh, from his point of view, he seemed very confident about that. Whether that's going to turn out, I don't think so, because taking away the Accrington performance, we've been quite quite good away from home. And um, you know that's where all, most of our points have come this season. I think we're going to, you know, give them a bit of a bit of a shock. What is your prediction? Well, I do think there'll be changes. Um, it'd be interesting to see if Viv gets as long as he did on Saturday. He's got a few floating bones, hasn't he? Um, by all accounts, going to Liam Richardson. I, I, I don't think we'll win. If I, if I'm being brutally honest, I don't, I don't think we'll win. I'd love to say we'll get a point, and I think a point would be a very good result, but I think it's going to be a home win. I'm just going to go for I'm going to go for a 2-0 home win. I know you don't think Viv's going to play, but we've no game next Saturday. Our, our next game is Easter Monday when we, we uh, entertain Portsmouth at home. I think there's a strong possibility that Viv will play in this game. I think we're going to, I think we're going to cause a bit of a surprise down there. I'm not going to say we'll, we'll win, but I think we're good for a point. I think we're good for a point and it'll set us up nicely for the Easter programme. So I'm going to go for a one apiece, John Akinde and Callum Lang. I'd love a point and I think we can do it, but I, I'm being sensible, Barry. And uh, that's where my 2-0 my defeats come from. Yeah, I, I, but also, Simon, I think we're going to be absolutely buzzing and riding the crest of a wave because I've heard that the takeover has actually happened late on Friday night. Oh. And it's just not been announced yet because they've not managed to get all the important players together in one place. And that's going to happen on Tuesday. So there's going to be a big announcement on Tuesday, big press conference, or so on, let's believe. That obviously is going to have such such a big impact on, on the morale in and around the club. And I think that's going to take us down down to Gillingham. All the players will be buzzing and that's going to give us that spirit, that fighting spirit, that heart to uh, to, to pull in a good result and I think it's going to be one apiece. Uh, Can I check the prediction now then? No, no, no. You've, you've made it written well, in storm. Written in storm. You can't hit me with that information and then, you know, ask me for a prediction and hit, give me that information. The boys are going to be boyed on. I'm going to go for a draw, one-all draw. Same as me. So that's quite positive. And uh, obviously, it means we're going to have a, a real lot to talk to on Wednesday. The podcast will be out on Wednesday after the game. So it could either be... Uh, it's going to be bouncing no matter what happens. I'm not even going to think of any negatives. So 
we'll, uh, we'll, we'll more than likely got a special guest as well coming on. I can't Ooh. tell you who that is at this stage. So tune in Wednesday for an upbeat podcast full of good news and positives. And uh, I'll see you then. And so will Sai. So it's a happy Sunday from me. An happy Sunday from me.